Trevor and we are the Boo Crew. Welcome to episode 226. Here's a Boo Crew fright fact. In 2013's The Purge, over 100 different masks were considered for the freaks. This time around, you are joined by actor and Instagram phenomenon, Brock O'Hearn. Not only does he star in, but he's one of the producers on a new horror flick called The Resort in select theaters and on demand now. Brock talks all about the film being on set in an actual haunted abandoned resort in Hawaii, incredibly creepy ghost stories, and working with some great practical gore effects. We'll also get into some very powerful advice on achieving your own goals, taking inspiration from the great Tyler Perry, and so much more. Episode 226 starts now. It was supposed to be a surprise. Surprise! The Boo Crew dusts a fright flick off the shelf for... Horror homework. All right, we're going to go around the room and around the world wide web all the way out to Leo in beautiful downtown. <laughs> to each highlight a horror flick to each other and possibly even to you that we consider a must see or perhaps worth a revisit, starting as usual with Leo. Guys, have you guys seen this movie called Initiation? I just watched it, it's fantastic. It's directed by John Berardo. It's written by John Berardo, Brian Frager, and Lindsay Levanchi. And she also plays a character, Errol Reese Scott. This movie stars Froy Gutierrez as Wes Scott, Lindsay Levanchi as his sister, Ellery Scott, John Huertas as Officer Rico Martinez, who you might recognize from This Is Us, if you've watched that show, and Castle. Also, Gatlin Griffith as Beau Vaughn and Isabella Gomez as Kylie. The synopsis of this movie is basically this. During a university's pledge week, a carefree partying turns serious when a star athlete is found dead. This ignites a murder spree on campus. But before that, the movie kicks off during Greek week at a pledge party at Witten University, where the pledges are being hazed to become sorority sisters and fraternity brothers. You quickly learn at the party that Ellery and Wes are siblings, She's the head sorority sister, and he's part of a fraternity. On that night of the party, Kylie has too much to drink and is seemingly sexually assaulted at the party. Yeah, it's like it starts off with a dark situation there. Later during the party, we see one of the fraternity brothers put on this mysterious chrome mask and walk away. You're like, huh? Wow. What's going on there? Props. That's what I think of. I so, think of props. Oh, there's plenty. <laughs> so at this point, the question is, is this a horror movie with a killer or slasher plot? As the great Jigsaw would say, oh yes, there will be blood. <laughs> <laughs> so typically in a college horror movie, you see the cast get picked off right away, right? You can just about predict who's going to die first, who's going to die next, because they spend no time with the characters. You're like, oh, it's a throwaway character, right? Not here, okay? The movie does a really great job with character development by introducing you to the Greek lifestyle and showing you bits about the cast of characters. 
for example, you learn that Wes is a badass swimmer and headed for the Olympics. And his sister Ellery, you learn, is a student research assistant who's really great at lab work. But soon enough, you get your first kill, and it's brutal. The killer uses a unique way, and in a way, the movie seems to pay homage to Slumber Party Massacre. So if you remember that movie, and you remember how those co-eds were killed, then you kind of get a feel for what's going on here and what's going on. Well, you know, in terms of the, the methodology of murder. <laughs> one by one, they're murdered in this film, and they are brutal. The movie, the movie does a really cool thing with social media, though. Throughout the movie, the phone and text communication is shown in a, in a unique and fun way where it pops up on the screen as augmented reality. It shows you, like, the, the number of followers and, and what they're texting and who they're calling. So everybody's texting, of course, throughout the movie and calling, so it really plays into the, into the you know, plot of the movie itself. I can't really go into much more detail because it becomes spoilery, but, you know, there's some really great, great twists and turns. It leaves you guessing as to what's going on and who the killer could be, for example. I mean, it leaves you guessing until the end. And there's a, there's a twist. There's a good twist at the end that I did not see coming. And I'm like, whoa, because not only is there a twist, but there's a good reason for the twist. So this is like a, a good one, a very good one. Um, haven't seen something like this in a while. This, you know, this movie has a couple of fun facts. Uh, for example, writer Brian Frager's uncle, Stan Duffick, is a former Disney Imagineer. He's the one who took the, the design and created the final unique chrome mask for the killer. Oh, that's cool. I thought, yeah, I thought that was cool. And also, the movie is based on a short that was made for a USC Media Institute for Social Change. So they made that short with uh, some of the actors and people in that work the production and they also i guess some of them or most of them maybe got brought on to make the feature length movie here overall i really enjoy this movie and i recommend checking it out uh, it's out on may 7th in theaters on demand and digital the movie is initiation check it out all right lauren and i went back and dug this one out of the vault starring natalie portman jennifer jason lee gina rodriguez aka who Jane the Virgin. That's right. Tessa Thompson, <laughs> Tuva Novotny, and Oscar Isaac. We're talking about 2018's sci-fi horror flick, Annihilation. Woo! The film follows a group of four women soldiers who enter a quarantine area being mutated by an alien presence that they refer to as the Shimmer. And how did we find out about this movie, Lauren? All right. We found out. First of all, Leo, have you seen this movie? I did, yes. Oh, awesome. This one completely skipped our radar for some reason. You know what? I don't know how. I don't know how, but I'll also say that, like, we lean more towards the horror. Yeah, but the strange thing is I never even heard of this movie coming out, and it was rated like one of the best movies of 2018. (laughs) But there is a story as to why. Oh. The director apparently wasn't for this idea. But they released it simultaneously in theaters and on Netflix within like maybe two weeks of each other. Yes. And he really wanted it to be like a cinematic experience and was allegedly not crazy about the idea. That might have had something to do. It was considered a box office bomb, but it was highly rated by everyone who saw it and considered one of the new science fiction classics. Wow. So we found out about this only because there was a prop store auction and I was like, what the hell is this? I've never heard of this movie. Let me tell you, 
I feel really stupid because I couldn't even pronounce. I didn't know annihilation was spelled all fucked up. Remember? Like, what did I you pr- call it? Like inhalation or something? You didn't call it anhalation, did you? <laughs> no. Okay. No. An- an- oh my god! And I was like, it's "Wow!" A whole different movie. God. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> It's kind of like ankle biters. (laughs) I don't know if I can finish this movie chat. Oh my God. Shout out Matt Truix, prop store. Woo woo. Matt, we miss you. Yeah, he's been on the show a few times. Yeah, Matt's got to come back soon, I think. Like June. Matt, I'm going to call you. Anyway. So prop store was auctioning off tons of costumes, creature, prosthetics, all this cool stuff from this movie. From a movie I couldn't pronounce until you told me what it was called. God, I felt stupid. That's okay. My kid's in gate. It's fine. It's fine. I. <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? Well, I felt yeah, really stupid. I was going to help out this podcast. <laughs> I felt really yeah. stupid, but I feel like your validated <laughs> because I produced something that's smart, right. even though I don't feel like I'm the smartest. Oh my God. All right. Anyways, you're going to have to cut all this. So, yeah. So I saw all these props come up and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is awesome. Let's watch the movie. And you're a huge Jane the Virgin fan. Yes. I saw Gina Rodriguez and I was like, yes, I love Natalie Portman. I'm like, it's got a lot Mm -hmm. of badass women in it. Let's check it out. And we checked it out and I loved it. It's based on the 2014 novel by Jeff Vandermeer that won the Nebula and Shirley Jackson Award. The film version was adapted by Alex Garland. He wrote the novel The Beach, screenplays for 28 Days Later and more. And he made his directing debut with 2014's Ex Machina, which he got an Academy Award nomination for. Annihilation is his second film. I want to say first off the score. Ben Salisbury... Yeah. And Portis Heads, yep. Jeff motherfucking Barrow, who I think is a complete <laughs> genius. And the nice. sounds here are wonderful. I love Portis Head. You ever see Portis Head live? They played a K-Rock show, didn't they? I, th- I think I saw my Coachella. Leo, did yes. they play Coachella? Yeah. I think that's yep. when I found someone the next day in the bathroom that slept there the whole night in a porta potty. Whoa, that was disgusting. Yes. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I was story. I was like working, and some of the people I was working with, you know, we had to use the bathroom, and someone opened it up, and there was a person in there that was all. I think he had a little too much fun and it smelled so bad and yeah. I can't believe he inhalation. D- <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, it was special. I think it was that year. I don't know. Watch Portishead didn't even play. I don't know. Gosh. I'm sure they did. This sounds like something Portishead would do. Yeah. God, I miss shows. Okay. <laughs> All right. Anyways. So the cast is incredible. We define that. Yep spectacularly gory moments great music great music and when you get to explore the mysteries of the shimmer there's so much cool stuff happening remember that the time is all off the vegetation is all fucked up the creatures in the forest are all weird including that like the most terrifying bear creature oh god yeah had the screams of a human oh that's so creepy it was horrifying yeah Anytime an animal <laughs> makes a sound that's not supposed to, it's really scary. Like when Nelly does that, <laughs> our dog in the middle of the night, it sounds like a, a screaming person. 
Oh my god. When she has nightmares. Oh, no, it sounds oh, like no. La Llorona it outside. Does. Like, ooh. Oh man, I have a dart up. Oh, Leo, you no. should have seen me. I was screaming. <laughs> but you know when you have a nightmare and you think you're yelling loud in your nightmare, but you wake up and it's just this pathetic sound? And that was me. I was like, oh. <laughs> and in my dream, I'm like, ah! Ah! Oh, no. And Lauren wakes up. I'm like, ah! she's like, what the? oh man, so that's the worst. So I thought when she was making that noise, like legitimate, like I thought someone was standing in our bedroom. Because yeah, that's what I a, thought. The first time I ever heard it, like I didn't realize that dogs, like, because Winky, our little Chihuahua didn't ever make a noise like that and so when you know it's a humanoid noise our new dog did i was convinced i didn't think it was her and then i realized that it was her and i've heard her do it a couple times and google it dogs that make human sounds it's maybe you listening have a dog that makes a human sound Reach out to us yeah. with your weird dog sound story. Yeah, we want to hear about it too. And maybe maybe it's just our dog. Can you imagine that? Like no one else has ever. <laughs> well, that's not true because I Googled it, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, oh, well, what else to say about this movie? I guess to wrap it up. So the original Vandermeer book is part one of the Southern Reach trilogy, but the director made it clear that the only goal he had was to do the first one, not follow it up with anything himself. So as we said, the film didn't do well at the box office, kind of talked about a little bit of the reason why. And again, it was named one of 2018's best movies and called a new science fiction classic. We loved it. Can't believe we didn't know about it. That's always fun, though, when you get a chance to see something again for the first time. That was like three three or four years old. Yeah, no, it's great. If you miss this one, you should definitely check it out. In case you're wondering, no, I did not win anything from the auction. It was over by the time I woke up. And make sure you look for Annihilation and not Lauren's version, Annihilation. <laughs> I didn't call <laughs> it that. I called it like Annihilation. I think you called it Annihilation. No. So check out Annihilation. It's really awesome. And that's our recommendation for this week. You're hacking your way through another episode of The Boo Crew. The first people to set foot on that island since its forced shutdown. What happened here again? Dozens of unexplained disappearances. And the locals swear by the existence of the half-faced girl. Go ahead, scream. That's all we need. Another victim crawls onto the gurney for a Boo Crew autopsy. Joining the Boo Crew via the Speakeasy studio is an actor, producer, model, and fitness trainer who solidified himself a place in pop culture when he went viral on Instagram, making him one of the most followed men on the internet. He is a beacon of positivity, self-care, and achieving your goals, something he himself has done. He developed his own jewelry brand with Ebb and Flow, starred in Tyler Perry's Boo franchise and his TV series Too Close to Home. In 2019, he appeared in both HBO's Emmy-winning Euphoria and the seven-time award-winning short film My Name is Josie and the critically acclaimed web series The Real Bros of Simi Valley. His latest film is about a group of four friends who take a trip to an abandoned hotel in Hawaii to investigate its supposed hauntings. It's called The Resort. And we are honored to welcome one of its stars, Brock O'Hearn. Yeah! Yeah! Thank you, guys. Thank you. 
if I ever need a little boost of confidence, I'm going to give you a call. Jeez. <laughs> Thank you so <laughs> I much. I even did have that. Thank you so much so. for taking the time to speak with yeah. us. We had a blast with this film. You were a guy who spends so much time inspiring other people. What are some of the things that inspire you? What are the things you like to surround yourself that push you forward? Wow. That's, I mean, that's a good question. My goal to, in that space is to always surround myself with people that are doing what I want to do, or, you know, I can get a mentor out of the situation or, um, you know, just people that are positive all the time. I think there's so much craziness going on in the world all the time. And I, and I grew up with that too. So staying positive and, uh, focusing on your goals and not being afraid to work hard is just things that I think about every single day. And, and I just try to apply myself in whatever I'm doing. So yeah, it's, uh, kind of on that path. Yeah. Well, getting into some of yeah. your passions, what do you love about getting on that motorcycle? We know that's a passion of yours. Talk about discovering oh, that yeah. and, and the feeling it gives you. Yeah. So more motorcycles, um, my mom would not let me ride growing up. <laughs> and I think that just pushed me even farther. To, now, now I've got three of them, you know? Wow. Um, I, I love riding. It's, it's just, you have to be fully present at all times. You can't, be on your phone messaging around. You can't be, you know, daydreaming for a half second because that could cost you a lot more than, than you'd like, I'm sure. And and I've actually just had a, a friend get in a bad accident, you know? So it's just that feeling of freedom, you know, you feel there's this adrenaline rush every time I, every time I ride, no matter what I'm doing. And I just am fully present in the moment. I just love that, you know, and I focus on doing that, especially with, you know, there's so many distractions going on in the world and social media, being on our phones and, just all the craziness. So yeah, that just gives me a moment. It's like my, uh, it's like working out to me actually too. It's like a meditation, man. Sure. Yeah. Have you ever had the opportunity yeah. to take it a step further and, and do things like fly planes or anything like that? Is that something you'd ever do? I haven't fully been trained to fly planes, but I've definitely flown up in the air and been in the pilot seat and, you know, had some fun with some friends. So that is on my list. And that's actually something I wanted to do when I was a kid. Uh, I'll never forget when I was 10 years old, I wanted to be a pilot so bad. And then I think I might be a little too tall for it now, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's definitely something that's on the list. It's like, you know, it's a pretty cool thing. We've, I popped down from actually from El Segundo, flew from LA up to Berkeley with a buddy of mine. And when you're flying, it's just you and your buddy in a plane. It's the craziest thing. Oh, I can't even imagine. So, yeah. It's pretty wild. It's, it's pretty sweet. If there is something that you could recommend anyone do right now, whether it be an activity or a location that has the power to change their lives for the better, to give them perspective, something that you've discovered, what would that be? Um, I, so I've always pulled from books. Uh, I, I'm an absolute bookworm. I love reading and I love reading self-help books. And one of my favorites is Three Magic Words. I, I absolutely love that book. The Powerful Engagement. I think is actually something really incredible where it gives you perspective of how to fully engage in something and then fully disengage versus how most of us go through our day where we're kind of like, imagine you're working a nine to five and you're sitting there throughout the whole day and you're kind of just working, working, working. You don't give yourself a break. Eventually you're going to get burnt out on it. But yeah. if you take, you know, five minutes out of that hour to, you know, have a protein bar or a snack that you enjoy or to give you more energy as well, or to listen to your favorite song or to just breathe, you know, just sit there and just breathe. And, and there's just so many different breathing techniques out there too. But those are things that I found that studying other people that are successful and applying those to my life are, is probably the easiest way to do it, to be honest with you. But that, that's definitely something I do. 
Let's get into this this film, The Resort. So first off, what's your yeah. own personal experience been like with the horror genre? Do you remember the first time you saw a horror film and, and how it made you feel? I remember being... Uh, this happened multiple times in my family, but uh, pretty much anytime we put on a horror film, there was a guaranteed scare coming around the corner. You'd always hope for it not to happen, but I remember the first time, I think it was after we watched It, and my cousin, he, he was, you know, I was like, I don't know, eight, nine, maybe even younger. And he's about 30. We go to bed. It's late at night. We go to bed. It's dark outside. We have this one window that just faces the abyss. And out of nowhere, there's Bane screaming, all that stuff. I swear I'll never forget that day. I had a heart attack. didn't sleep the entire night. And it was because of it, you know, and, and then Freddy Krueger, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah. besides the resort yeah. what are some of the other horror films that you find as uh, classics in your mind yeah i mean definitely it is on that list uh freddy krueger insidious i love the conjuring because yeah. that one really like it, i dove into that and i know there's a new one coming out too which is pretty cool and you know i know you said besides the resort but the resort man the resort you gotta <laughs> say it. Dude, we, we, we mentioned off the top i wanted to talk about this briefly too your work with tyler perry now talk about yeah. an inspirational creative force that guy is and he was of course honored with the gene herschel humanitarian award yeah. and delivered a very yeah. powerful speech at the oscars working with him was one of your first opportunities in the industry how did that happen yeah. and what have you learned from being around that guy that you've applied to your own life Oh man, that, that guy is a wealth of knowledge. He's as good as you think for you, as he looks he deserves that award more than anybody I've ever met in my life. And, and there's a reason he got it obviously, but being around him, the work ethic he has, the mindset he has, he's constantly helping people, you know, and not, not only just with, you know, opportunities like he gave me, but just the mindset behind how to think about things and how to work through stuff too. So, so there's that whole aspect, which I found in life, you know, success, the only thing that successful people have in common is their psychology. So working on your psychology to be the best version of itself will lead or allow success to really come into your life. So I've learned a lot of that stuff from him. I've also learned to own what you do, which is how he built his empire and, and he's still building. And I remember we were sitting there after we wrapped, um, it wasn't boo, but it was, uh, we did too close to home, a TV show together. And we, all the first team we're sitting at a dinner after we wrapped first season and they're like, man, what does it feel like? You ever think it was going to be this crazy? And he's like, it's like, Oh, I'm just getting started. <laughs> you know, I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. And wow. So yeah, he's, he's been an inspiration, a mentor, uh, a great friend and just seeing how he creates as well. He knows his audience. He knows what he wants to make. He knows what they want to see and he just goes and attacks it. So I'm definitely applying that stuff as I'm moving more into producing and, and eventually I'll get into directing when the time's right, but also focusing mainly on my acting and, and all the projects I've got going. So yeah, man, it's, that guy is one of a kind, truly. Have you had the opportunity to spend much time at, I know he, he built this like 300 acre dream yeah. factory in Atlanta. Is that where you've been doing your work with him there? Yeah. I mean, Boo, uh, Medea Halloween was the first film they ever shot there. Oh, wow. So we were the first ones to film on set. And I've seen it go from wow. that where it was, they did have a bunch of old like colonial homes or, or it was this army base before, you know? And so they had all these homes like pool, like old, you know, swimming pool area, like, but it was mostly just land. And to see it now you drive through there and there's like 
from my show, there was a, there's this massive farmhouse and a little trailer park. And now they've got the white house to scale. He's got massive buildings. He's got this dream building where you, he holds all of the talent and then, you know, the offices and all that stuff is massive building. But as soon as you pull in the gates and you pull over there, uh, you see this big dream building. It just reminds you to, you know, dream bigger. It's, it's, it is phenomenal. And I've actually driven through there one time and he's like, yeah, I'm going to put this over here and I'm going to put that there and I'm going to put a runway here, you know, and then like, you know, fast forward two, three years or not even that long, really it's there. And you feel like you're, I felt like I was driving through his imagination yeah. and then seeing it and then seeing it come into fruition. It was the craziest thing. That is so fascinating. Yeah. It's wow. so cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, very, very grateful for opportunities like that in those moments. So Hell yeah, uh, I definitely don't take them for granted. The Boo Crew will be right back. Three times the shock, three times the fright, three times the chills and the three spine tinglers that are coming your way now. You'll meet creatures who rise from the crypt in blood of ghastly horror. See the devil's exorcist in naked evil and watch inhuman ape creatures carry off pretty young women in gorilla gang. Over four hours of fright, are you really ready for it? Don't miss the big triple terror show. All color, rated R for adults. Back to Hawaii now in the, the half-faced yeah. girl of the Kilahuna Resort Hotel, man. <laughs> yeah. So, Leo, Leo, kick us off with your question about that, man. Yeah, the resort was filmed in Maui with a great cast. Your co-stars Bianca, Michael, Michelle. Talk about the filming location, this abandoned resort. Was it an actual location or a movie set? No, it was, in, yeah, no, it was an actual location. And that's how the story of this film came about was Taylor Chain, our director, and then our executive producer, Will Meldman, were together on Hawaii and some locals started telling them how this place was haunted, how they built over this Hawaiian burial ground and they shouldn't have it. And then, because I think that that resort was, I don't know how many years it was, but it didn't stay open very long. And because of all of these reportings of hauntings and stuff. And then we had a time frame too, because within a, a matter of months, the resort was going to be torn down and turned into something else, you know, but so we, we had that little bit of time. And I mean, when they brought the story to me, I heard about it from the very beginning. And then I was so busy doing all my other projects that I was like, I'm, I'm stoked that you guys met. Cause I actually introduced Taylor and Will. And I was so stoked that they like meshed and everything was working out and they wanted to make a film together. Uh, and then we got down to, because of the time crunch, they weren't able to find Chris, my character, and then Michelle's character, Bree, until you know, two weeks before, basically, we Are started you filming. Kidding me? Wow! Yeah, and, wow! <laughs> and, and all I knew was we're filming in Hawaii, so I was I was in. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. You know what's interesting too? Crazy. Like we're so used to seeing the overwhelming beauty of Hawaii, and one of the awesome yeah. things about this movie is yeah. that polarity of being immersed in that dilapidated resort. You don't see that side of Hawaii very yeah. often. So that was really yeah, interesting. Yeah. Now, with Taylor having a background in cinematography. What were some of the things you noticed in what he would do to capture the magic of all this stuff that was going on? Yeah. I mean, Taylor's background, I've, I've worked with him before on smaller projects and just, you know, having fun and, and he's got incredible camera gear and uh, he's super talented. He's got a, just this amazing eye. So when we're on set, we're setting things up or even the shots that he'd envisioned in his mind, it was like, Oh, we got to do this helicopter shot over here, you know, and we've got to shoot this mountain this way. And it was awesome because we're sitting here and we're doing 
you know, we're not doing a hundred million dollar film, but it looks beautiful and you can't beat Hawaii. I mean, like the landscape, the ocean, and then the resort itself is just like, the place was creepy and it was massive. We didn't CGI the whole background. You know, it was, it was a real place and filming there late at night was, uh, got a little, you know, a little <laughs> shivers up my spine every now and again. How did you guys yeah. do the helicopter stuff? I was going to ask about that. wanted to. Yeah, no. So we, there was actually, there's a whole team of guys. They're all ex-military that are on the island and they give tours and they do all kinds of different stuff. But so these guys are just incredible pilots, insane. And they had the funniest stories, but we took one helicopter and it had a rig on the front of it with a camera. And then we all got in the second one and we're flying around, um, filming and then getting to location doing stuff like that. But I mean, I remember the first time we pulled up and we're taking off and then we're flying over Hawaii. And I'm like, this is my job. Like, <laughs> what, <laughs> what is going on? right now? Uh, you know, it was, it was awesome. Yeah. Good. Speaking of that helicopter ride in this movie, you got to do a lot of fun things like swimming at the waterfall and uh, hiking through, you know, these forests and, and, you know, throughout Hawaii, working with your co-stars and director, uh, Taylor Chen, what did you learn from him and what was your favorite scene or sequence to shoot? Oh yeah. There's so many, you know, and, and the first thing I thought when you said waterfall was, you know, you think Hawaii warm water, that was freezing. It was <laughs> freezing water, man. I remember Michelle turned blue at one point. We're like, get her out oh of the my water. God. Like she, Oh, so, wow. so it was cold, but it was so gorgeous. And we, we were able to get so many fun shots, but, um, what was my favorite? I'd say it was there's, so there's a moment with Brie, which is Michelle's character. And, um, she came around the hallway after something very tragic happened. Uh, I, I guess I won't give too much away. Something very tragic happened. And she came around the, the corner with her just, the look that she had her eyes, you know, it's in the trailer. You you see it's insane. And we're sitting here in this dark basement. It's creepy place. You've been hearing stories after stories from, you know, old guards, from locals, from, you know, whatever, like we were told that we were supposed to bless the ground. Like it was recommended that we get a Hawaiian shaman to come bless the ground before we start filming on it. And it probably would have been a good idea because there's some weird stuff going on. What were some of the stories yeah. that people were saying that things that would happen there? Yeah. One of the, one of them was like, it was a couple of weeks before we got there, there were security guards. So there actually were two security guards that actually run, like ran that property and were, you know, watching, watching it because, you know, who knows it's a big, awesome, empty place. Who wouldn't want to go explore and have fun? You know, one guy saw this one night, late at night, he saw a woman crying in the corner and he started walking over to her and he got, as soon as he got maybe two, three feet away from her, he realized that she was kind of translucent. And right then he was a little like, what's going on. You know, she stands up, turns around and flies right through him. What? The guy quit, the oh, guy quit on the spot. So that was the first story I heard <laughs> as soon as we got here. And I know that that guy actually didn't work there anymore. So it, it's kind of like, all right, man, let's go. It's on. Did any of you guys experience <laughs> anything paranormal? Uh, did you guys go off the beaten path in this uh, abandoned resort and see anything strange or paranormal? I, so I didn't personally see anything, but there was definitely like, there was one scene I remember shooting that it was, we were shooting this wide shot and I had to go run across the entire resort to go get to the next part to go check on somebody. And I had to go hide in a dark corner, like a dark hallway wait, But, and I'm telling you, I'm like, I'm so far away from everybody at this point. Like they just had me run and run and run. It was like so far. And I'm sitting here in this corner, like, 
okay, somebody or something pops out right now, somebody's going to die tonight. Like it's either going to be me or I'm going to take down whoever tries to get me right now because <laughs> it feels like something's right over your shoulder, you know, and I'm just sitting here waiting yeah. like call cut Taylor. You better call cut bro. Get me out of here. <laughs> you know? So but yeah, there is, there is some, I definitely got some weird stuff. I know some of the crew as well. There was one day where they were setting up for, I think it was actually we were going to shoot in the basement that day. And so they were setting up. There's only two guys that were on the resort in total. And one of them was radioing to his buddy. He's like, what are you doing up on the fourth floor? You know, like, what are you, what are you doing? He saw this guy carrying this rope. So he thought he was, you know, carrying cable. So 20 minutes goes by, 30 minutes goes by the guy, the other gaffer doing the lighting came up and he's like, what's going on? Like, so, so the first gaffer goes, what are you doing on the fourth floor? We're shooting in the basement. Like, why are you setting up up there? And he's like, what are you talking about? I've been in the basement this entire time. Like, what are you, what are you saying? So the way they described it was this guy in a black trench coat with carrying, like dragging some rope or something was walking through. And this is not the first time that I've heard from this guy. And that was actual story from one of the guys on the crew. And just to top that off, there was a room that he downstairs in the basement during this same time frame. There's a room that had one like back, small backlit window coming through and there's no doors. There's no other ways in. He was just in there getting ready to set up lighting and everything. And he takes a picture just so that, you know, he gets room, like can see the room and has it for, for later and make sure we set up everything the same. And in the photo, there was this dude that was, and I'm, I'm six, seven, I'm a big guy. He looked bigger than me standing like this silhouette just in the background, this dark shadowy figure. And I was like, and I saw the photo, I was like, yo like there was no way in and out of that place there's nothing going on i yeah so there, it was those long nights were were interesting <laughs> that's incredible and like yeah. the, so wow. the story yeah. the story of the half-faced girl there is an actual that is part of hawaiian lore right yeah yeah so that's where i mean that's where that story came about and and it's one thing to you know have a horror film and to go tell a story and you know and same thing with all filmmaking is you go tell the story it's fictional most of you know this was based off some, some truth, you know, and we had the actual place where these stories were coming out of and it looked creepy. It was freaky, man. I know you guys saw it. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. When, when you sit and watch the film, it has a very adventurous spirit baked into it. Yeah. yeah. You feel the yeah. run and gun gorilla style filmmaking and it makes it really fun to watch because the viewer feels like we aren't where we're supposed to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. We we yeah. we know you guys aren't supposed to be there, and it feels like we aren't supposed to be yeah. there either. We have no yeah. choice because yeah. you're bringing us on that journey, which is just it elevates everything. So yeah. I wanted to talk about character. So you play Chris, the protector. Yeah. You know, level headed, yeah. and it's great to watch the dynamic of all these different characters come together in this very small group. You have Sam, who's like the polar opposite of you. Oh yeah, and then you have Bree. And, and Go on. I was gonna say it couldn't be more true in real life either. Really? Yeah, yeah. Me and him. <laughs> I have some like behind the scenes footage. I think I'm gonna relate uh, uh, release after we launch. But it's literally the entire trip was who can get the other guy better, like like zinger, dude. We were just back and forth, just bumping heads, like talking crap to each other. And Michael loves that too. Like it's like a, he it's like a form of affection to him, dude. He's like, if he's if you're not talking shit to him, he doesn't feel like you like him. So we're sitting there going back and forth the whole time. And he's he's like, he'll I'll be sitting there, you know, and like and somebody will be like, well, it'll be a shirtless scene. He's like, man, oh what's that you oh yeah, well, you know, 
what about my calves? Look at you, you. You don't have calves, you know? And he's like, that's like his one claim to fame is that he's got big calves, you know? And I'm like, whatever, bro. You know, you have a, you have a good one. Yeah, have fun with that. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, yeah. We, we got to shout out, shout out the girls too. Uh, you know, the yeah, characters yes. of uh, Bree, who's just up for anything. And then you got Lex, who's very apprehensive and curious. I'm yeah. interested in what the four of you did to elevate and showcase those relationships when it came to ideas that you guys brought to the table for this? Yeah, no. So the cool thing, I mean, I didn't know anybody leading up to this project and I met Michael like a couple days before he was out in, in Los Angeles. And so we're like, yo, we should go meet him. Uh, so we met really quick and it was like out at a club, you know, and everyone's having a good time. And I'm sitting here like, Oh, th- th- this guy's wild, man. Like <laughs> what's going- <laughs> what, are, what are we getting into right now? But everyone's so stoked. We're so fired up. And yeah. as soon as we met, the, as soon as I met the girls and we all came together, it was this instant chemistry between all of us. So it literally became so easy for us to, you know, work together, run lines together, have ideas, you know, and a lot of stuff too. working with Taylor, it became fun because we got to improv here and there, you know, as long as, cause we knew our characters so well that we're like, okay, it would be fun if we went on this route or did this, or maybe we changed this dialogue a little bit. And, and he was open to it. Sometimes we did, sometimes we didn't, but at the end of the day, like we just became such a close knit group of friends and that, and we are also, you know, all staying together in the same house. I was like, I was like, are we actually shooting a reality show right now? And there's hidden cameras everywhere because this is some crazy stuff going on. Yeah. Uh, all like the just funny, crazy, like we're working these crazy long days. We have minimal sleep, but we're sitting here crunching, you know, working on the scripts the night before all night and going back and forth and then just trying to have fun the whole time too, which, which was not very hard to do in Hawaii. You yeah, know? of course. Was yeah. there any moments that you remember that you guys came up with or improvised that made the final cut that you're like, ah, shit, they kept that. I love it. <laughs> uh, I probably shouldn't share this, but I don't know if it actually made the cut. Uh, no, it didn't make the cut, but <laughs> we're sure, flying sure. In the heli- so we're flying in the helicopter and because me and Michael have been going back and forth nonstop this entire time, you know, I had a, I had a lot of food earlier and we're flying in this helicopter <laughs> through Hawaii and there's no doors on it. Right. Yeah. So you, at first I was like, oh, it'll probably go right out. Right. No, I'm, I'm going to rip, I'm going to rip, I'm going to let it right out. Dude, it becomes a bubble like encased. <laughs> so I hit the first one and I see his face <laughs> and he's so, so mad. So I just kept going the entire time we're filming. <laughs> <laughs> and I knew he had to keep a straight face yeah, the whole time. So, so, so that, was, that was a good time. <laughs> the fart baked into the film right there. She was so mad, dude. He was so mad. So, oh. One of the things that we love most too is when the roller coaster drops and the insanity starts. And from one point, yeah. it just doesn't yeah. let up. What yeah. do you love about what the gore does? to this experience and what was your first reaction to seeing the final cut and how it all came together? I mean, seeing it in person was, I mean, one, you're already in this dark setting. You're, you know, the first time I saw we were in a basement and we saw the half face girl, you know? Oh man. (laughs) Like, like I said, I'm a big guy and I like to think I can handle my own. When something like that comes around the corner, you like, I was about to just pick up Michael and throw him at her and get out of there. Dude. <laughs> so you, <laughs> hadn't seen her, you hadn't seen her before. I hadn't, I hadn't seen her before. Oh, yeah. And so, oh, but, that's but cool. the nice thing is too, we have so many practical effects in this, in this, uh, this film. So it was easy to react off. It was easy to be part. You get blood covered on you and you're like, what the hell's going on? Like what the, f-, you know, tripping out. And 
it just made it us be that much more in it, you know? And so it felt, I felt like it felt a lot more authentic and real just being there, but it was, there's a lot, man. There's a lot. There was, there's a, a moment with Michael where there's actually a funny moment with Michael. Now that I'm thinking about it, where we first saw him with the makeup and I was like, ah, makeup uh, looks okay. You know, like whatever. And then you see it on camera and you're like, Oh damn. But because we did this voiceover moment where he's screaming, he's got this crazy stuff on his face and he's screaming at me, but no voice, no noise is coming out. And you got to imagine we've been oh. shooting for like a couple of weeks at this point, super long days, all of our off days became on days and we're just going on and going and going because we're all dedicated to get this job done. And so he's has got all this makeup on and he's screaming at me. Veins are popping out of his neck and I'm sitting here hysterically laughing. Like I could not, keep it together to save my life. And then all the rest of the crew started laughing. And every time he did it, they just needed me to do a straight face. And I started crying, laughing so hard. And I was like, we just wasted like 30 minutes of tape because I can't stop laughing right now. I was like, there's nothing scary about what he's doing right now. Uh, I got to say, as an audience member, all that stuff, man, when it picked up, it was terrifying and very like yeah. unexpected yeah. too. Like it went, yeah. it goes far, man. Every And everybody yeah. gets to play in it. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Did you get to, did yeah. you get to get cast? Did you get to go through anything where you got cast or anything? Not cast, but definitely just a lot of blood everywhere, yeah. you know? So I had to take multiple showers after, yeah, yeah, yeah. after, after filming that stuff. But Michael had some cast stuff. He had a, he had a lot of like crazy, as you saw some yeah. crazy, crazy stuff. And, um, yeah, the half face girl was sitting in makeup for hours and hours, man. And it was her, she's like, that's what she does on a regular basis. You know, she is these characters in, in horror films and super grateful she came on board. But yeah, like, man, it's, it's, that's pretty wild being in that. It's fun. Speaking of those uh, gore effects uh, in the third act, were any of those scenes improvised? The gore stuff, I, I would say it's, it wasn't, especially knowing we had, uh, we didn't have this massive budget to try things over and over again. And, and a lot of the stuff was one take, like we had to get it right the first time. Like what happened to me? One take. Yeah. There was no coming back from that either. I think there was like different, there, there were moments that were shot that Taylor did on the spot. And then we all came up with together as well that, you know, like Michael coming around a corner and these lights flashing in the background that was improvised. So we added that in. That's when that, you know, that tension is building and we just felt it in between every flash is like, Oh my gosh, like this is insane. <laughs> yeah. It's so, so it was cool. So there were a couple moments, but for the most part, yeah, we, we stuck pretty good to it. As an indie film on a limited budget, is there an example of a challenge or a big challenge that came up during filming and a creative way that the team had to get together and figure out a way around it? I would say the biggest challenge is knowing that within a couple of weeks of us being on the island, actually filming, there wasn't going to be a location anymore. Right. It was about to be demolished. So that was, there was a time crunch of, we have to get it done now. We got to get it done. Right. And if we don't, there's really no coming back, you know? So uh, there was that, that aspect for sure. I think was probably the biggest one out of all of them. So looking ahead to the future, what else is coming down the pike for you, man? Yeah. Uh, just, you know, continually going to keep my head down, keep working, working hard. I'm on two projects right now, which unfortunately I signed NDA, so I can't say yet, but they're going to be coming out at the end of this year. I did film earlier, a Western film called desperate riders. That's going to come out at the end of the year too. So oh, that's uh, fun. That was a, I, nice. I love Westerns. Yeah. So it was, so it was a lot of fun. I, I played a not so nice guy. Yeah, man. Yeah. It was Classic. Fun. Did you it get to ride, ride horse? Yeah, riding horses. We had like <laughs> nice. the towns were actual, you know, buildings from back in the 1800s that they consolidated all in one area. 
all the weapons were like, we had this guy, Peter Shreko come on board and he has the largest collections uh, of guns, like prop guns in the world. He had everything you could imagine. He's, and he's worked on every film tombstone. He's worked on, you know, young guns, he worked on everything. And so we're sitting here and he's got all these different stuff. And me and him, he's just like this cigar smoking, whiskey drinking, like badass dude. He like his cigars sat in his mouth so long that they had been like dissolved and just <laughs> disgusting you know and i'm like dude this that's that's a man right there <laughs> like, now do you 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 said earlier do you have aspirations of writing directing what genre would you find you'd lean towards yeah no i do so it depends on what story i'm going to tell i think because i've got a few projects right now actually some are written uh and some are being developed right now and like one of them is in the horror genre. So it's, it's something where I wanted to create more of a psychological thriller. When I've told people about it, it's more of like, it is closer to the sixth sense vibe, but it, but it has this underlying story of, you know, a uh, father and son's love that just gets with this insane twist that nobody, ex- I would hope nobody expects, but the few people I've told have, you know, re- reacted. So that is something that I'm pouring myself into and I can't wait to create and make, you know, and then action, you know, I, I do work out a lot. So hopefully I can get a couple cool explosion scenes out of this, you know, while, <laughs> while we're, while we still got it. I actually naturally gravitate towards drama is actually one of my favorite genres. So I have, I have a lot of fun with that. Do you have any favorite yeah, yeah. drama films that you, you consider kind of benchmark? I mean, there's, there's definitely a bunch, but I would say, you know, it's funny enough they're actually my favorite film is legends of the fall. It's just, yeah, there's just something about that uh, emotional depth that, even Brad Pitt's character has and that family and the, and the loss that they go through. And, and even that love triangle, essentially, you know, between the fam, between all the brothers, for me, I'm like, if, if it really makes me feel, if I can sit there and I can feel this in my core and my gut and my soul, then it's a great film. And that's the kind of stuff that I want to, you know, put out. And same thing with horror too. You know, it's like, I want to, if I'm going to do horror, I want to dive in and I want to scare the crap out of people. I want to have a fun time. I want to get bloody. I want to get crazy. And I want to get as creative as we possibly can go with it. So that's why it's fun even coming in as a producer in this one too. You know, it's, we get to have a little more fun in the creative side of it and actually collaborating versus tell me what to do and I'll dance like a monkey for you. Right. Exactly. Which I also love. Don't get me wrong. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You've, you've achieved that in spades on this new movie, man. And we can't yep. wait yes. to see all the cool stuff that, that you got coming down, man. It's going to be incredible. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. We got some pretty unique uh, uh, kills and scares in this one. So I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. Thank you guys so much. I, I like just hearing from you guys. And every time I hear from somebody who's seen it, I, I love the feedback and I love hearing everyone's thoughts. Thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute yeah. pleasure. And again, we had a great time yes. with the film, man. That was the Boo Crew Podcast, episode 226. Special thanks to our guest, Brock O'Hearn. Follow him at Brock O'Hearn on Instagram and Twitter. At time of release, you can check out his new horror film, The Resort, in select theaters and on demand now. Production tracks provided by Power Man 5000. Till next time, it's the Boo Crew saying sweet screams. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Boo Crew Podcast. Haunt the Boo Crew at TalesFromTheBooCrew.com. Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at Tales from the Boo. The Boo Crew is Lauren and Trevor Shand and Leone D'Antonio. The Boo Crew is produced by Lauren Shand, chopped and sliced by Trevor Shand. The Boo Crew is a TSP creation, part of the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. Bye. 
Listen free wherever you stream audio and at bloodydisgusting.com slash podcasts.